0: Welcome to the Grow Your Practice Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hey everybody, Chad Madden here with the Grow Your Practice Podcast. And in this episode, I wanna talk through a pretty significant realization that we had. It's really not new information. However, this is the first time we ever presented like this, and in our free training last month uh, that was hosted here by Breakthrough, uh, Kathy Borkowski and I walked through. Uh, you might know Kathy Borkowski from our events here at Breakthrough. She uh, she's the person who formerly worked at Facebook uh, for three years and runs the Facebook ads here at Breakthrough. Nonetheless, we were doing a free training and this was specifically on conversions. And the, the concept is this, if we're going to market direct to the consumer and we're gonna put initiatives in there and people are gonna start raising their hands, what? how do we gauge whether our, our teams are working well or not, right? And really what happens is, is this, we can have one practice Let's see, and this was uh, Kathy's example from the training, but you can have a practice who has, you know, 30, in this case, 37 people respond to their ads. They raise their hand, they call the practice, and on the back end of that, no new patients come out. You can have that same exact practice with the 37 leads, 37 people raising their hand saying, yes, I'm in pain and I wanna learn more. And you can get 13 pop out the back end immediately, right? In terms of plan of care. Uh, when this is within a few weeks. So anyhow, what's the difference between those two practices? And I put together an example, um, and th- this, is how, this is how we think about our own clinics. So right now, I have five locations on the eve of opening our sixth location. And we, do, we are very heavily invested in direct-to-consumer marketing. Many of you know my backstory here in central Pennsylvania. We have three large hospital systems We compete with uh, the largest rehab provider um, in the country with Select Medical, they're headquartered right here. And there's also um, other competitors within our area. Nonetheless, today we're 92% direct to consumer um, and only 8% physician referrals. Uh, So we get the bulk of that uh, from our past patient list and uh, the workshops that we do. Uh, there are a few other initiatives sprinkled in there, but um, you get the idea. 92% are direct to consumer marketing. And what we've discovered over time between our locations is this. And I'm also pulling in data from uh, that Kathy shared with it, which is from 200 practice locations across the U.S. So scenario number one, if you're watching this, you can see it. If you're listening, I'll walk you through the, the graph uh, that I'm looking at here on the screen, but scenario number one is no leads, right? This is the practice that they're just not marketing um, at all direct to the consumer. They have no leads coming in or they're using like a branding type message uh, with their direct to consumer marketing, uh, you know, that talks about, you know, they're the premier rehab provider in the area, but don't feel guilty if you're doing that right now, I, I did it myself, right? Or talking about their high quality of care or whatever that may be, but no leads coming in, right? We can't track, this is, this is not using uh, direct response marketing, right? And direct response marketing is where people, when they see the ad, they raise their hand and they say, yes, I'm interested in learning more. And that's what we're talking about here, that if we're gonna be scientists in the clinic, I think we should be scientists with the marketing as well, because when we use direct to consumer marketing, When we use direct-to-consumer marketing, we also get uh, the benefit of that that branding effect as well. However, it's measurable. So I just lost my screen. Hopefully we can edit that out. Great, and we're back. So scenario number one is no leads, right? This is not using direct-to-consumer or direct response marketing. It's all branding, right? No leads coming through. We have no appointments scheduled because there are no leads. We have no appointments kept. and We have no plans of care agreed to and we're not really sure if the marketing is working or not, is what most of us say, right? It makes us feel good that we're doing some marketing, but makes us feel bad when that rep comes back around and asks us to invest again, we're not getting any plans of care on the back end, or we're unsure. Scenario number two is poor caller. So there are three levels of conversion that need to happen when you start doing direct-to-consumer marketing. The idea is, let's say you're in a town and within a 10 mile radius of your practice, let's say there are 100,000 people. How many of those people have had shoulder pain within the last 30 days? Let's go conservative, say 5%. That's 5,000 people with shoulder pain in the last 30 days who could potentially utilize your services. Now, you probably don't have the space nor personnel to service 5,000 people calling your office over the next month, right? Not even close to that. Probably couldn't even handle One, well, maybe you could handle 1%, which would be 50 new patients, but you get the idea, right? There's no way we could handle all that. But direct to consumer marketing, we get some of those people, the 5,000 people, to raise their hand and say, Yes, I have shoulder pain. I want to learn about what I can do uh, to get back to normal naturally. So once that starts to happen and those people raise their hand and they register, they call the office, we have uh, a receptionist, a marketer, a caller whatever you want to call that position, somebody talking with that patient initially, right? We In our practice, we call it a caller, um, but you get the idea. So in this case, poor caller, 37 leads, three appointments scheduled, right? One appointment kept, no plan of care agreed to, and I have lived through this as the real number, right? So what what is the difference between a good caller and a poor caller? Well, we've looked at data, and, and Kathy shared this in the training, but we looked at uh, call center testing that we're doing today within physical therapy. And what we've noticed is there are some really good times to call during the day. There's a certain number of times to call, and I believe Kathy shared you know, that's six or seven times uh, within three or four days. Um, there there is a level of engagement that happens on the call. So if if the caller, and let's just call the, uh, let's name our caller Jill. If Jill is highly engaged with the patient, asking the patient questions about their shoulder, we know that there is a significantly higher chance that that person schedules and keeps an appointment and pops out the back end to a plan of care. We know that if Jill is primarily talking about us and how great we are in our practice and our therapist, that that person is significantly less likely to schedule an appointment, keep that appointment, and agree to a plan of care. So there is um, there's a variable that we can play right? and we can look into. If we have a direct-to-consumer marketing system in place and we're generating leads, how can we look at this as an owner well what we can do is we can listen to the call Um, we we track many of our calls uh, both in going and outgoing and and you need that type of feedback and you also have to have the caller um, self-analyze those calls and get better um, as they go along right gauging what what's working well and what's not working well and how they're going to change that and improve scenario number three on the screen here is poor pt conversion. And there there are actually two more levels. So one is that initial caller, right, from a receptionist, whatever you want to call it. The second one is if we're hosting, let's say, a workshop, is the presenter has to have some skill. And very quickly, that skill is during the first 50 minutes of the lecture, webinar, seminar, whatever, workshop, whatever you want to call it, during the first 50 minutes, Success is really an engagement with the audience, right? If people are highly engaged, they're much more likely to schedule an appointment, keep that appointment and go to a plan of care. If they're not highly engaged and the presenter is just speaking at them the whole time with didactic information like you and I had back in college, then guess what? They're less likely to schedule an appointment, keep their appointment and agree to a plan of care. And then there's also that 10 minute closing to the workshop that can make or break, right? And this is not easy. This is not. Uh, this is very new within our marketplace. This isn't something that we're used to in our industry, is lecturing and presenting in a way that results in a plan of care, right? Because for a hundred plus years we were reliant on primarily physician referrals. So this is all new to us, new skills, new competencies to look at. But that second skill set is the presenter presenter skill. The third one, which is in scenario number three here is that poor physical therapist conversion, because if the caller did her or his job and the person showed up to the workshop and the presenter did their job and they were highly engaging and they had an amazing close at the end and that, that person that's suffering with shoulder pain went and scheduled an appointment. And then that physical therapist drops the ball in the eval or the free screen or discovery visit, whatever type of appointment you've set there. If they drop the ball, then we get less plans of care on the back end. So all three of those people, all three, it might be one person serving all three roles in the most extreme cases, or it might be three people serving those three roles. But nonetheless, all three of those roles must be filled competently for a direct-to-consumer marketing machine to work, for that system to work. So in scenario number three, we have poor PT conversion here. We have 37 leads, 12 appointments scheduled. Six of those appointments were kept, right? And four of the six agreed to a plan of care. In scenario number four on the screen, we have growth machine. And this is where we have the same 37 leads. We have 18 appointments scheduled, right? And we have seen this. We've had situations where uh, with a workshop where we're well over 50% Um, of the leads are resulting in some sort of appointment uh, in in terms of a chance to sign up for a plan of care. So 18 appointments scheduled, 15 appointments kept, 13 of those appointments that were kept, free screens or IEs resulted in a plan of care, a plan of care that was agreed to. So again, uh, just to recap here, there are three key roles when you start marketing direct to the consumer that must be competent and in place for you to maximize the plans of care that you're getting from your leads. Role number one is the caller. It's that person that is talking with a potential patient um, in their first contact with the practice, whether that person is calling uh, the potential patient or the potential patient is calling into the practice, that is a significant role. It's highly underestimated in today's private practice market. Role number two is the presenter. If you're doing a workshop, if you're doing a seminar or online webinar, the presenter must be competent as well in terms of being highly engaging and then also having a clear call to action to schedule an appointment confidently uh, and be confident in presenting at the end of that, that workshop or that that lecture series. And number three is that when they when the patient schedules an appointment and keeps that appointment, that the therapist that's going into the room is confident, they present a plan of care. We have a very systematic way that we use called the seven-step killer exam. I wrote about it in uh, Killer Marketing Secrets in the book. We've shared trainings on it in the past. It was part of uh, the killer marketing course that we did for the last six or seven years Uh, But that seven step killer exam, we train all of our therapists into how to to do an exam, free screen or discovery visit the right way so that maximum plans of care pop out the back end. And when we have those three cylinders all firing, those three rolls all firing on a competent level, now we have a growth machine. Now we can open a new practice confidently um, and go in pandemic or not and know that we're gonna grow that practice we're going to be able to start hiring uh, additional clinicians within that practice, fill the space, and, and serve that area well with physical therapy. That is the game that we're playing when we market direct to the consumer. Anyhow, this is Chad with the Grow Your Practice podcast. want to thank you for putting the time in as a private practice owner, also for being a listener here. Uh, I'm absolutely loving These episodes so far and you give me a great opportunity to speak with some industry leaders and some practice owners that are doing amazing things. So thank you very much uh, for allowing me to be on your private practice journey. We'll talk next time.